Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 137 of the Layover Live podcast. I'm Jason Swick, VP of Digital Marketing at SimpleView. On this episode of the Layover Live podcast, Grant and I change things up a bit, and he puts me on the hot seat with some questions for DMOs out there. We discuss data and insights that DMOs should look at now, five ways DMOs can improve their marketing efforts today, and they even share some additional pieces of advice for my destination marketing friends out there. I hope you enjoy. Each week, the smartest and brightest destination marketers from all over the world talk about the latest trends, happenings, and challenges that affect the travel and tourism industry today. Digital marketing executives, CMOs, and leaders from DMOs of all shapes and sizes share their insights and stories to help you become the best marketer you can be. This is The Layover Live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 137 of The Layover Live, where we bring you the top article from The Layover each week. And this week, we're changing things up a little bit and actually going to be interviewing Jason himself. Now, the COVID-19 pandemic has really disrupted the travel industry in a big way, but DMOs are resilient and have quickly shifted their marketing throughout the different stages of the pandemic. And our team has been following several indicators and data sources that we're using to help guide our clients' marketing strategies. And today, we brought Jason onto the show to discuss some of these things that marketers should consider focusing on that can really make a big impact uh, for your destination. Now, for those of you who don't know Jason, he is our VP of Digital Marketing here at SimpleView and has more than a decade of experience within the world of digital marketing. Jason loves keeping up with the latest and greatest digital marketing trends and technologies in order to develop and refine solutions for our clients, including creating engaging website content, efficient marketing automation, website optimization, paid media, conversion optimization, business intelligence services, you name it, he's all about it. So Jason, without further ado, welcome to your show. Well, well, thanks, Grant. Uh, that sounds really good. You actually make me sound more important, maybe than I than I am. So, thank you for the for the great intro there. It's it's a little change to be uh, now in the hot seat, not the one uh, uh, you know asking the questions, but the one having to receive and answer the questions. So, thank you. No, I think this will be a, an exciting opportunity to uh, for you to share a little bit of the insight that you've been able to see after talking to our you know dozens of guests uh, over the last several hundred of episodes, and um, yeah, really share some insights. I think that really are what's changing in the world right now. Um, so yeah, really excited to, to kick this off. And I have sort of a, a broad level question for you, okay. but I think something that's really important now more than ever, you know, we really hear about data-driven marketing or a data-driven approach to marketing. So with this concept, I know a lot of people want to get there, but what exactly should these marketers be looking at? What data and insights should mm-hmm. they be reviewing right now, especially? Yeah, yeah, good good question. And it's, and it's something that you know, we've talked a lot about on uh, shows as of late, right, is this data-driven approach. And as with any kind of marketer, it takes a data-driven approach, I think, now to be much more effective. The problem is trying to sift through all that data um, as data alone uh, doesn't mean a whole lot, right? So, at, you know, I'll, t- I'll tell you our approach, and hopefully this works for others out there as well. First is, is data itself, right? We plug into many data sources, um, things like web analytics. Um, we look at um, sentiment data. We look at um, even arrival type data or bookings data. That's that's kind of our approach. That data then allows us to be able to then pull it into um, a place where we can observe and analyze that data. And that's typically done within reports or within some type of analytics platform or a dashboard, which we all use. Um, but it, it doesn't stop there. 
right? Um, that just leads into observations. Observations are, allow us then to start peeling back those layers so that we can turn that uh, observation into an actionable insight. Um, as data is only as good as we're able to action against it. Um, and then that hopefully then gives us insights that then inform our strategy and our plan and give us tactics so that we can execute campaigns or contests or promotions or even inform our always on marketing. So, you know, as we look through that indicators, I think that we've, you know, used on this show um, because there is so much data and so much information that's coming out there. How do we sift through it all? So, you know, it's really three key areas that we tell everybody to focus on first is sentiment data. Um, you know, and we look at that first. So our friends at DA this week, um, you know, and Erin Cummings and her team have done a good job and really have, have started to show that, um, you know, Americans are even further stressed out than they've normally been. Um, and, you know, because of that stress, they're going to be much more open, I think, to, to looking to travel, to try to find ways to relax and get that happiness back. So sentiment is that first thing that we look at. Um, and, and really sentiment is starting to show that people are, 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 are stressed out more than ever and, and travel is going to be a good relief for that. Next is web data or web analytics, which we've talked about. And some of the things that we look at here are things like paid media data, right? Um, I think DMOs are starting to turn that faucet back on. And that's a question that we've mentioned in the past that our team gets asked a lot about. Um, so paid media is really a place that, um, it is a way to see what indicators are turning on because we can look at what people's intent is and then start to harvest that intent to try to influence people to travel to our destinations. And if we look at things like the Northeast or even Canada as of late, they've really, um, really shown an increase in those paid media budgets, um, even seeing levels running above what 2019 looks at. So web data is something that you're going to want to pay attention to. Um, and even if we look at things like organic traffic, which is important as well. Um, that has been steadily ticking up um, over the coming weeks and kind of leveled off, but it's something that you want to keep keep mindful of. And then lastly is, is that conversion data. That's arrival data or hotel data, bookings data. Uh, we get that oftentimes from things like Arrivalist or Uber Media or even Adara for some of their data. Um, but we're also seeing it as well with, with, with Book Direct and what we've seen on our end. So hotel searches are up, hotel referrals are trending up. Um, and then even things like TSA data, right? Are people hopping in airplanes and traveling? Now, listen, there is no way they are hopping back in like they used to, um, but things have been trending up. So that those are all indicators that we look at to start to show a positive trend um, in travel. Now, the, things aren't back to normal, right? Um, but people are starting to, you know, again, look for ways to relieve some of that stress. And uh, indicators are definitely showing, especially with paid media, especially with sentiment, especially with some of the conversion booking data, that now may be the time to start preparing for the future. Excellent stuff there, Jason. I think that's all some really actionable insights, um, some available insights as well, uh, which we'll definitely include some uh, description, uh, some notes for in the description of the show, um, where all of our viewers out there can, can take a look at some of those. So um, I guess, you know, if looking to more towards some advice then, while the, the data-driven approach is excellent, there's also some tactical, some strategic elements that can definitely be changed as well. So, you know, if you could talk to some of the, uh, the organizations out there, what would your top five ways for them to improve their digital marketing be? Yeah, that's good. And, 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 and I'll look at these as not, these aren't solutions, right? There's no end-all, be-all solution. Boy, that'd be great if there was. Um, but I can give some tips, right? Some things that I would be doing if I was sitting on the other side of the aisle. 
Um, and first and foremost, as those tips, I think is is kind of getting your funnel game in check, right? So if if we're looking at how we approach um, our marketing, right? It's not a linear path um, to conversion. Um, it certainly isn't that, especially in the world that we live in with mobile. But we need to think about really marketing to different individuals at different stages of that, right? Somebody who's who's just uh, in the awareness phase or is just looking at, at maybe getting out and relieving some of that stress that I talked about earlier is gonna is gonna need a different approach and is going to look at things differently than somebody who has already made the commitment and said, you know what, I'm ready to take to take that approach. I'm ready to go, you know, visit um, a, a nearby destination. Um, their messaging is going to be a lot different, right? So even with COVID, it's important to reach those 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 um, folks at every stage of the funnel, um, and then taking those results, right? Taking that messaging from awareness, taking that med- that that messaging from consideration, taking that from conversion, looking at all that data across those platforms, and then using that information to help inform us across other channels. Um, you know, and that's an important thing to do. Unfortunately, even before the pandemic. Um, there was poor communication um, across different uh, different groups, and what I mean by that is that oftentimes, as destination marketers, who owns stuff at the awareness phase or consideration or uh, planning and conversion phase is probably held across many different agencies, um, and those agencies probably weren't communicating very well beforehand. So what I would would say is, you know, Ryan uh, George here at Simple Views uses this bicycle built for two or built for five or whatever it may be. It's making sure that all of us are on the same bicycle, moving that bicycle in the same direction towards the same common goal. So whether, you know, awareness is held with one agency and one set of marketers, planning is maybe held internally, and maybe the conversion stuff is held through a third party, let's make sure that getting our funnel game in check means getting all of those teams talking and working towards a common goal. So that would be the first thing I would work on. Second would be not putting all of your eggs in one basket, right? And I would say this usually is the Google basket, right? Oftentimes we go too heavy into Google or into one channel, and I will be the first person to tell you that Google, uh, I'm a huge fan of Google, but we want to make sure at the same time we're diversifying our portfolio, right? Just like right now the stock market is volatile, we need to diversify our retirement savings across many, many different places. We need to do the same thing as it relates to our marketing, not putting all of that into Google. We have um, some destinations that still have seven out of 10, eight out of 10, nine out of 10 of every visitor that comes to their website coming from one source, coming from Google in search, whether that's organic or through paid or through both. Um, that's not, that's dangerous. That is putting all of our eggs or too many eggs into one basket. So diversify your portfolio is very important, especially nowadays as Google has been really, um, you know, it's this concept of, of zero click searches, right? So a lot of information now doesn't even require us going to a website. Um, and so um, we're getting that information just in the browser results. So more and more importantly, you've got to make sure that one, your SEO game's in, intact. Do make sure that your paid media is intact. So those searches are more important than ever. Um, but we got to be careful not to put all those eggs in one basket. So make sure you diversify yourself across multiple channels. Those channels can 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 absolutely and should certainly be um, still paid and SEO as they still account for more than half of our traffic, but we need to start branching out into other areas, branching out into email marketing, branching out into social, branching more out into other avenues to try to create more diversification across our portfolio, right? Um, so that would be the second piece of advice. The third tip I would give was to think about engagement, right? Increased engagement, um, equals better outcomes period. And to do that typically, 
uh, involves creating a culture of testing, right? Thinking about what you want people to do once they get to your website, you know, applying that testing and learn, uh, learning along the way really helps to unlock innovation. So creating a robust testing strategy once they get there helps to increase engagement. Those increased engagement helps to then give you the outcomes you're looking for so you can have those clear goals. And those goals typically fall into increasing referrals, increasing engagement on the site, increasing sales, maybe a referral or a data capture. That's very, very important. But that's hard to do if we're still creating landing pages that don't have a clear focus or a specific goal. So testing isn't very important because that increased engagement and that focus and a landing page that's specific to whatever goal you have in mind for that particular uh, campaign uh, is something that we need to think about so we can increase those desired outcomes that we're looking for. Now, the fourth, the fourth thing I would recommend, and something that I think is going to be even more important as we look as we look into future uh, years and with our marketing efforts, is going to be making better use of our first party data. Right, your first party data is of huge value to you. This is the data that comes in your. Um, throughout your organization that you own, right? So this is, includes your web analytics data, your CRM data, your blog content, your own media. But more importantly, this is your email marketing data. And we need to start leveraging that more um, because this is something that we could build on over the years as well as add fuel to your other marketing efforts as you're able to reach your intended audience much more efficiently and much more effectively. Um, email has returned and I think has been one of the best ways to engage with an audience uh, as of late. Um, and so owning that first party data, especially as privacy starts to tighten up more, um, and, and we're seeing that with iOS already, Google's already announced that things are gonna, are gonna tighten up on the third party cookies front. So that first party data is gonna become much more effective. But in doing that, we also need to make sure that um, we are maintaining our list more importantly than ever, right? So doing some data hygiene across your email list, getting rid of those unengaged contacts out of there um, is going to be very, very important. So we're giving the people the message uh, that they really want. That's good for your brand. It's also good for the end user and your engagement statistics. Um, but really more importantly, those email lists and that first party data can be used in a lot of your other marketing efforts. So think of things like our... Um, look-alike audiences or our custom audiences that we can build. Those are done with email list and first-party data. So getting that first-party data and really fine-tuning that first-party data is going to become critical and more important moving forward and something that DMO should be thinking about optimizing now more than ever. And then lastly, I want to say is, is really a, a, a five tips, if you're looking for five tips, Grant, um, is rethinking maybe how you measure success, Right. Uh, it may be time to rethink that right now. For some, it may be keeping things the same, but for many others, it's going to be thinking about how we measure success and getting laser focused on those things. And that's going to require harnessing the power of data and how we're using data moving forward. Um, and then asking ourselves some questions, things like, is an impression worth more than a click to us as a DMO? Um, is a click worth more than a referral? Um, that's going to be important of how we think about measuring success. But I think getting laser focused on specific goals and then making sure everything that we're marketing and using across all of our channels is striving towards those specific goals um, is going to be important moving forward. Um, and, you know, looking at data and harnessing that data is going to be important to do that. And one way that we're doing that is with some of the dashboards and things that we've been building for a lot of clients. Um, we sit on lots of web analytics data. 
that allows to provide benchmarks and industry insights. And we love to share that with you guys. So if you're looking to see how you stack up against the uh, against others or against the industry or your comp set, um, reach out to us. I'll make sure, Grant, that you uh, add some information below of how people can get this free dashboard. It's as simple as giving us just some read-only access. Again, we don't we're, we take privacy very seriously at SimpleView. So, but all we need is just some read-only access um, to your account using our SimpleView Inc. Gmail address, um, and then sending an email to to our team here, um, letting them know that you did that. And our team will contact you and give you some access to this dashboard so you can make better informed decisions and start to rethink the way that you're measuring success. So the, hopefully those are five tips that I think DMOs can use um, that are helpful. Um, and again, there's no end-all be-all solution, but boy, if you can do the things that I mentioned there, you're going to be setting yourself up for success as things start to rebound. Definitely, Jason. I think those are some, some excellent tips, some excellent tricks. Um, and like you said, no absolute solutions, but certainly just by tackling those five areas, your digital marketing will be in, in excellent shape. So thank you for, for sharing those. I think they're greatly appreciated, um, especially now more than ever. Um, but I guess one kind of parting question, is there any other tips, advice you'd like to leave uh, for our viewers out there? I know with all of this uncertainty, uh, there's definitely some opportunity, but I uh, wanted to see if you had anything else you'd like to share uh, with our viewers out there. Yeah, you bet. And, you know, over the weeks, we've, we've got some great advice from some of our friends in the DMO space. Um, some really, really good advice because I think it's good when you're, when you're thinking about turning paid media back on or trying to get to back to some sort of normal that you look at many different perspectives and, and then pull insights from all of those to make the decisions on your own. But I think one, I've got two things really. I think first and foremost, I think is, is being more flexible, right? Especially with your strategies. Big campaigns are, are, are going to be replaced by smaller, more agile campaigns. Um, you know, putting lots of, lots of dollars, I think, into, you know, three or four big campaigns throughout the year, you're going to see that change a lot uh, in, in lieu of pushing more always on marketing and then doing small campaigns along the way. I think that's where things are going to move. That's more of an agile marketing approach. Um, and I think that's going to be important, especially um, looking at, you know, the way that we've done things in the past it may not be the best way that we do things moving forward. And so uh, new ideas are going to come about, new ways of doing things. But I think that's what we're going to start seeing. So being much more flexible, but putting all of, all of our, our dollars, the vast majority of our budgets into a small handful of very, very large campaigns may not be the best way to be flexible moving forward. And then second, um, which we haven't talked too much about because all of us as, as marketers have been wearing many, many different hats, but it's going to be a good time, I think, uh, to do a lot of housekeeping. Okay. Um, and let me expand on that. Things are inevitably going to turn around. So I think being prepared and ready before things start to turn around, not when it's happening, but before it's happening is something that we need to really consider and start to think about. Um, and you can start to do this by in really improving your digital footprint or in increasing your digital reach and influence. Uh, my friend uh, David Peacock uh, mentions that a destination and his brand is the sum total of all of the shared stories and experiences across all platforms and interactions. And those stories often come from member businesses and our visitors who are coming to those businesses or to our destination. Um, so strengthening our online presence is, is going to be important in doing that or our digital footprint as it helps drive that business, helps drive that visitation. So this is, is, is challenging as the web is a massive place, right? Um, and there's over 100 active listing channels that are out there um, and services, and that's just in the U.S. alone. Um, so maintaining that and keeping uh, an eye on that is going to be challenging. Now, naturally, during these times, 
people are going to have more issues with, with, with services and even vent more often than they probably are in the past. And if those problems are not addressed quickly and in an efficient way, it's, it can snowball into a larger issue that can really hurt a brand. And so more and more people um, keep speaking up about it, and then it is bound to have a negative effect on uh, the reputation of a business. So, you know, use, utilizing, I think, tools that help with reputation management, things like Yext, um, which we push pretty heavily here, I think is something that's very important because it allows you to update these things at scale very efficiently across all of these different directories and services. Um, things like helping you with um, completion of a Google My Business listing. Um, that, sh- that space is changing all the time, but a Google My Business listing is ultra important. Tools like that can really help with that. It can help with making sure there's accuracy across different channels. It can help with uh, making sure that the business is using social media channels very effectively. Um, it's, it's very effective in, in, in helping with managing reviews and being able to effectively address those reviews um, and make sure more importantly than ever that you're optimized across mobile. Um, so if there's any issues that are found, they can be addressed immediately before they cause any serious damage. So again, I think um, if we're looking at um, you know advice moving forward, I think the two things uh, stole for me is being more flexible and then doing some housekeeping, thinking about that digital footprint, tightening things up, tightening your imagery up, tightening your listings up um, so that when people are looking for you and looking to find you, they can easily do that and, and they have a good user experience when they do. Got it. Excellent. Jason, those are some amazing tips as well, on top of what you've already told everyone today. So um, really do appreciate you uh, stopping by and uh, sharing some advice. Yeah, you bet. Kind of fun being in the hot seat this time around. So thanks. Thanks for, uh, for having me. Yeah, definitely. And thanks for tuning. Actually, Jason, I think maybe you're a little more qualified to handle this than me. So uh, why don't you uh, take him away with the outro? Yeah, let's take it. Hey, if you're not subscribed to The Layover Live, please do so now by hitting the subscribe button below. You can also find us uh, through audio on Spotify and iTunes as well. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you next time. Have a great day.